Hey guys, welcome to episode 20 of the JV Club. That's two zero. We've entered in, I was going to say we've entered into the double digits. I'm not great with math. I'm pretty sure double digits started as episode 10. Uh, I think we're off to a rip-roaring start with this intro. This intro, guys, is really just going to be like endless shout-outs because I was, I've just wanted to acknowledge as many people as possible who have been sending in these great notes and um gosh i guess the amazing thing about the uh, podcast and being around for a little while is that they have increased um from episode to episode so i've got a lot of them to th- to to shout out i also wanted to say uh, i've been recording this uh intro post comic-con for the cora legend of cora panel and uh signing and stuff and those of you who go to Comic-Con on a regular basis, I applaud you because I found it to be absolutely overwhelming to the point of almost unbearable intensity. But meeting fans and getting a chance to say hello to some of you guys in person was, uh, gosh, it was really, 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 really cool. I'll remember it for the rest of my days, and I hope to be able to do more stuff like that. Um And I also wanted to just say, probably if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I've started working almost full time at the Huffington Post. I'm going to be working as a producer, a story producer and a host uh, when we go live for streaming content uh, five days a week out of New York and LA. And I'm really excited about that. So I'll give you more reports on that as they develop in the meantime, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So this episode was recorded back in May. It was the first time I'd ever had two people on the podcast. Uh, you guys probably know I have had Beth and Erica on since. So you'll hear me reference the fact that it's the first time that I've recorded two people. That was true then. I was not lying. Let's give some shout outs. Nyessa. Or maybe it's just Nissa, N-Y-S-S-A. Lovely, lovely email. Grant, Kyle, Rebecca, Janelle, Emma, Jackie, Daisy, Angela, Brian, um, Alex, Eric, Genevieve, Cody, Maggie, M, Stacy, Steve, Nika, Luke, Shannon, Sandy, Kyrie, Alec, Mark, Sean, Brittany, Pat, Amanda, Brian, Lucy, Jason, Mark, Hannah. Guys. You rock my world. I'm sorry I don't list your last names, but that just seems invasive. So I and and I don't want to do that. But I, I hope you guys know if you've heard your first name, there's an excellent chance you were the person who left that feedback or wrote that note. Like, for example, I named two marks. Guys, that's two different marks. Um, please enjoy this episode. Uh, and uh, that's it. Right. Thanks for watching Burning Love. That was a hoot. More as it develops. Now entering Nerdist.com. listening to this it means that you hung in there for another episode i'm gonna try to sound even more glum i guess you've hung <laughs> in for another episode of eeyore's the jv club <laughs> um 
I guess my voice gets really low when I'm being pretend glum. Guys, <laughs> welcome, welcome back to the podcast. I, uh, I, this is the first time that I have ever had two people on at once. So we're going to see how this goes. I don't, I don't know. It could be a disaster. Yeah, I'm not sure how much could go horribly wrong. No, I mean, you're wrong. I think this is going to be a freaking terrible mess. <laughs> Worse than a disaster. Worse it's going to be a... Or I have one person on who's just really good at doing different voices. <laughs> and we're just going to work that to, to the death. Um, I'm I, so happy to be here. See? I'm happy too. Say boy. Cheerio. <laughs> I, have a, I have brought together a very disparate group of women. <laughs> I've got... And a man. <laughs> who I guess is Fats Domino. Wait, who was that? Louis Armstrong? B.B. King. It was B.B. King. Uh, I've got an assortment of ladies here, but I'm only going to name two of them by name. I am here with Donna Furman and Danielle Schneider. Uh, They are a a pair of friends. They also are a writing duo together, and uh, and they perform a lot together. They've done improv together for years and years, and... uh, they're two of my buddies, and I'm just crazy about both of them. And it just seemed like a fun opportunity to to see if maybe two people wanted to come at the same time. I don't know. Two people always want to come at the same time. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, oh no, that's not what I meant. Hey, dirty. And she didn't even mean it. I didn't mean it. Or did I? <laughs> you might have. And you know what else? There are a lot of different people who listen to this podcast, and many of them are guys. Oh, right. So that's just sort of how it's happened. Okay. Now that it's and actually... I did mean it. <laughs> and it's on the Hustler Network. The Hustler <laughs> Podcast Network. <laughs> and we're all naked. And we're all <laughs> so new. That and everybody that knows helps. that we're naked. Except for me, I have a, a body-length girdle on. But otherwise... <laughs> it's very slimming. Thank you. Thank it's you. very slimming. It's important. Um, so, uh, so thanks for coming on, you guys. Of course, we're glad to be here. Thank you for having the us. Show, yes. enjoy it. Very and good. And I, I mean, listen, the world is our oyster. We can <laughs> start however and wherever we want. Do you care for oysters? Are you oysters? I fans? love I them. Do, I do. I, I used to work them. at a seafood restaurant and um, were, was introduced to them, and they became a favorite of mm-hmm. mine. But here's the thing, and I like oysters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we? D- what are we really tasting when we're tasting the oyster? Are the we ocean. excited about the sort salt, of like the yeah? Salty. My sister's always like it's too with it. no, it's the ocean, oceany. It's but like, I like it. I like that. And yeah. then it's the texture. You're tasting the ocean and you chewy, chewy kind of delicious. And yeah. maybe texture. just a lot of cocktail sauce because that's probably well, my that's, favorite. Yeah, part. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the vinegar. It's like I feel like I <laughs> sort like of a hint of oyster, but I'm probably more engaged yeah. I could by the probably just and the have sauce. spoonfuls of cocktail sauce, and it might be the same experience. I would agree with that because the first time I ever had an oyster i felt like i swallowed someone else's chilled loogie like it felt like yeah it definitely is snotty i don't mind the texture and i'm a real texture girl like Mm -hmm. i can't eat many foods based on their texture Mm -hmm. i'd like to hear a few foods that you can't eat donna could probably even name half of them every vegetable a lot of vegetables interesting yeah i don't eat most vegetables i don't like broccoli uh celery celery is more of a taste than a texture but um, i don't like shrimp i don't like lobster i don't like scallops it's um, interesting that you don't like scallops, but you like oysters. Because yeah. I don't like the texture of scallops either, but they're reminiscent of oysters to me. No, now. I find they're them to be a little more chewier. Yeah, like they spring back too much. Yeah, like, they yeah. resist too much. Sponge and like. Yeah, I like every. There's very few things I don't like. And you like, I know, Everything. umi, right? uni, uni, never, never, uni. I think it's U N I, uni. It's it's sea urchin. Ew. It's yeah. so gross when you think about it, and it looks like a tongue. I know it does. But make one thing about it sound appealing. I dare you. Right now, does it sound? So good, really? Um, it's kind of sweet. 
and really That's good nice. with rice and seaweed you and soy sauce. Hmm. Melon. Or, no. candy. Or, candy. <laughs> no. or candy. It's so special. Did Very you racist. um did you when you were teenagers have like have your taste look at this. Look at this. This uh-huh. is how this goes. Segway. Did you have your taste changed? Were there mm. things that you liked when you were a teenager that you can't stand anymore? And were there things that you developed a taste for from when you were in high school? Probably like, that more than I really don't there's so few things I don't like, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think I do like more than I liked in high school. Yeah. Like I like sushi now and I didn't really know. Like, get it before. I didn't either. And your taste buds die as you get older. So that's why a lot of kids... <laughs> it's true. A lot of kids... Danielle's still a child. This is why she doesn't like vegetables. No. But, like, they don't like Brussels sprouts or the real bittery things. But now I like Brussels sprouts and lima beans and things I didn't like when I was a kid because they tasted too strong to me. Is that the, really the reason? That, that you, really the you reason. can taste less and yes. therefore you can tolerate Oh, God. More? That's yes. so depressing. Your, your body's slowly dying. Yeah. So oh, yeah. you can eat everything now. Yeah, you eat rosebuds. <laughs> By the way, I um, you can't eat rose. Right? <laughs> never texture. Yeah, texture. Um, <laughs> I actually, when I was a kid, I was not allowed to have anything. Don and I have talked about this a lot, but I was not allowed sugar to have is. sugar mm-hmm. or anything sweet um, or or anything Me of that too. nature. Like I, I was cut off from so much. So then. So when I was a teacher, teenager, like when I actually had like free roam or could like go to someone's house by myself or like go to the mall, I kind of lost my mind. I'm sure you did. And would just have candy and pizza or anything. And, oh, no, I was allowed pizza, but like, but just anything disgusting, soda, you know, like things that I was not allowed. Like I lost my mind and became an addict of sugar and things like that. Same. But now that I'm older and like, and then like realize like, oh, you, you got to be healthy. Like you have to, you can't just eat that stuff all the time. And it affects your mood. It affects what yeah. you do. So I, I've started to eat better in the last few years and kind of like realize that like, oh, that's, that's not healthy and or right or <laughs> I didn't yeah I, I didn't have any I don't think I had any sense of sushi right. when I was younger I'm from Arizona so right. sushi You're nowhere near also I think yeah. it's just kind of it got bigger in the last 10 true. 15 years like I remember having it in high school though I liked yeah. it you, I liked and it. you were in high school in the east coast in Florida, in Florida. so I was surrounded by the ocean I'm sure there was that sushi willy nilly uh, <laughs> uh, you had to eat sushi to get rid of all the sushi yeah. out there there's so much like sushi the herd. washing up on the shores just uh, tuna rolls yeah. everywhere what choice did you have yes. and you weren't that aware of I'm fascinated by this idea of sushi both getting bigger and mm-hmm. where you were from You're, you are from the east coast I am and you were Queens Long Island yeah. but, but we were so like my dad we were so so flushing queens we did not know of indian food or sushi or you know what i mean even though he worked in the city we didn't really know these things existed really so once he married my stepmom then sushi was like a thing she brought sushi she brought her. sushi she was would you say that was the number one she thing was. that attracted your dad to your stepmom? <laughs> again really disgusting jim <laughs> it was the uni that broke them up <laughs> oh, the uni, every time. um i used to hate black licorice. I don't know why. I that. still oh, do. I hate black I licorice. Still do. I that is one thing I hate. black licorice forever. And then somewhere in my 20s, and I was like, I, I feel like I was really self-righteous about my hatred. Almost, I detected a note of that in both of Oh, yeah. Really <laughs> it's, proud. It's the devil's food. There's That's a disgusting. certain type of person who likes black licorice. I guess. And then something happened. And you like it. And all of a sudden... How? I still hate black licorice jelly beans for whatever reason. Oh, but same thing. somehow, I th- someone, someone somewhere along the line, it might have been my friend Cole, 
said like, oh, you know what? I used to not like black licorice either, and now I do. Maybe you'll like it. Here's this special cost plus German black licorice that's like salty. Or there was some... Thing that like well, you can put even salt know. on anything, and I might eat it. But well, I this, think a lot of it is deciding, right? Yeah, like like deciding you're going to like. Like I decided it. I'm going to like uni. You know, mm-hmm. I could be grossed out by it, sure. But I decided I'm going to like it, and I did. I don't think my willpower think is that strong. Like I don't think my power of decision can affect my brain. I think it can. But you know what? But I don't disagree with you because this is the most we've ever talked about anything like. <laughs> I'll talk about food delighted. all day long. I'm delighted, <laughs> and I have it. Certainly, it has food itself. It comes up early in the podcast a lot because I do love eating. But I think I might agree with you because I almost still don't like Brussels sprouts, but I love them. Right. Like the the person <laughs> who hated them is still in there. Yeah. And because the taste is the same to me, it's not like. It's not the best. Suddenly it tastes completely different than I remember it tasting. They taste different. I mean, they taste the same, but for some reason, my feelings about it, I just made the, the decision. The decision were, to like yeah, them. Like, I, I used to so. hate cauliflower, and then I decided, you know what? I'm going to like cauliflower, and I did. You say cauliflower in a much... Oh, no. You make it much more adorable. <laughs> what is, how do you and say it? You know, cauliflower. 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 When I started doing... When I started doing... character. When I started doing Word Girl, um, I found out I say so many words wrong. Really? Like what? I used to say museum, museum, oh, and they were like, it's museum, it? museum, museum. And then what was the other one? Um, oh, I can't remember, but I, they would be like, um, can you do another take on? And it would just be specific words. Like, I guess it was flushing or I don't know what it was, but I just never said there were certain. So I, th- I bet I say cauliflower. Cauliflower. Does that ever come up on Word Girl? I don't think so. And if it did, I'd know I said it wrong. Words. I know, I know. <laughs> cauliflower. I love that. <laughs> So so okay so let's uh, let's talk about some some parallel time frames that were happening in Florida and in Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, how was your high school experience? Did you both go to public school? Oh yes, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. Jews. Jews tend to go to public school. <laughs> something well, about like well, the lower work class. Ethic. I guess lower <laughs> class. But you know, it's something in like the work ethic and you know things mm-hmm. like that. Like I pay my taxes. You're yeah, going to yeah. the school. I'm not going to spend money. I can relate to that. And uh-huh. I also went to public school, and both my parents were public school teachers. So oh, okay. there was that. Yeah, yeah there was right. that sort of pride, the sense of we got to keep these kids in the public schools too, right. or yeah. the, or to ba- the ba- the balance <laughs> of education. Bless you. Bless you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that may happen a couple more times because I have a cat that I've hidden away. But and Donna I'm is famously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, so you're, allergic. You're allergic. I've got allergies. I guess the allergies and eczema. I'm lactose intolerant. I mean, I just regret this. I'm so worried about both of your health. <laughs> Having you in my and home. it's cold. <laughs> I'm a little chilly. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if this is smart. But no. But there is that sort. There. I think there is a sense of of community education being really important yeah. in, in not just the Jewish culture, but also <laughs> in my parents, you know, anything in the education system. Right. Having said that, all of my friends were Jewish. Yeah. I was fairly sure I was going to marry a Jew. Wow. Well, and I went to so many bar right. and bat mitzvahs that I was able to recite along. Really? You probably yeah. know more than me since yeah. I'm a terrible Jew. She's a pretty bad Jew. I'm, I'm a fairly bad Jew. She's yeah, a worse pretty, Jew. Yeah, I'm worse. What makes you bad? Just that you just don't. Well, Donna will be like, "Oh, it's the holiday," and I'm like, "Christmas." Like, Like, I just, or I'll be like, "Oh, look, it's a Jewish song." And what was that? Remember, we were in a meeting, and you were like, "Oh, they're playing a Jewish song." Oh, I said they're playing a Jewish song. song. Yeah, I wouldn't say a Jewish song. And I said they're playing a Jewish song. What would you say? And I think you were like, I forget what What it was. was. I don't remember. But yeah, she never knows. Like, 
like some Yiddish words. She'd be like, I never heard that or, you know. But then again, I'm I'm not great. We went to my, my family does Shabbat every week in Seattle. They do it like every Friday night. They light candles. They do the blessing over the bread and the wine. And, and she's not even that religious, but they do this. But my, we don't do it. So we were there last time and my two and a half year old was like, they were lighting the candles and he goes, it's my birthday? <laughs> I was like, shh, kid, shut up, shut up. And he's You're like, know why grandpa wearing a hat? And I was like, that's a yarmulke. You know what a yarmulke is? Oh, it was so embarrassing. So, And I have a Christmas tree. Yeah. So, so that's why she's that's, worse than I'm not as worse. Because I love Christmas. I think it's a fantastic it, holiday. Did your did your family celebrate Yes, it we and, grew up kind of. Well, we, I grew up in Atlanta and then Florida. In Atlanta, there weren't so many Jews at the time. And so we were sort of surrounded by Christmas, and we liked it. And my parents were never religious or in any way. Like, I remember asking my dad, like, what happens when you – do you believe in God? And he was just sort of like, well, that's something that people who don't have a lot of strength do to make them feel stronger. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. And I was probably, you know, 12 at the time. So, you know, we just weren't religious, and Christmas weird was because my pretty. dad is, a- is an atheist too, mm-hmm. but still liked the religious aspect of it. I mean, there's yeah. something about – cultural. Yeah, culturally, whether it's and that's how I celebrate Christmas. I'm not like it's Jesus's birthday, sweet. Same. It's yeah. just like pretty lights I and know. candy. Again, you'll find that candy is a theme in my life. <laughs> I well, I was going to ask you if, if, if Christmas meant that there was like an exception made to that rule, and you were able to have candy. not really. I would sneak it though. It was I had more access at school, I think, to it during Christmas. But that is an interesting question, and I mean, clearly, mm-hmm. I know we're going to be jumping all over the place on this one, but. Donna, you have kids. Danielle, mm-hmm. you don't have kids no. at this point. Um, but what do you think about that idea of of it's got to be so hard to make the decision how much do I let my child have because of this idea of really going over the top and crazy mm-hmm. if it's happening outside the home? Would you rather control? I mean, have you given how much thought have you given to that kind of stuff? Like in general like, like hardcore drugs okay <laughs> hardcore drugs are only okay at home let your kids snort at <laughs> those home. are yeah. only okay at home um no like candy and stuff like that well he's still so little you know the oldest is two so it's like halloween was just yes you get one lollipop right. you know you get you get one thing out of all this and eventually it's not gonna be so easy but i sort of feel like i don't know moderation yeah question mark because i feel yeah mm-hmm. i mean granted my parents were f- totally great about moderation for stuff like sugar with me and to be honest with you i still went crazy yeah at I mean, maybe it's just house. maybe it's just who you i mean i might have still gone crazy too but i remember it was such a it was such a you know fruit a forbidden fruit that i couldn't have and without this, actually being fruit without no i wouldn't <laughs> touch fruit. that Ugh. that crap no yeah. um but and then i i, I would say this uh, to this day when um, I'll still have candy and I have all this guilt surrounding it. So I'll hide it. Like I'll hide the wrapper like at the bottom of the garbage can. And my <laughs> husband will be like, did you have candy? Or like, did you eat a candy bar? And I'll be like, what? No, huh? Like I, I still, and he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I have ingrained. like yeah. a lot of guilt about it. So I think it's moderation. I think you really just have to like, just, you know, like anything in life, you can have some in the house, but they can't go crazy. They yeah. can't finish a box in a day, you know? Because I, yeah, it's true. Same thing. We were forbidden, so we'd go nuts. And and to this day, when my sister and I are together, because we could eat sugar when we were at my mom's place, when we're together, we just go crazy. And we feel disgusting afterwards. <laughs> yeah. We know we have to load the house with sugar when we're together. Uh, yeah. So 
Okay, so let's go back to high so school. your high school experience. So you went to public schools, both, both of us, yes. And did you? What were you like when you were uh, when you were in? Were you a teenager? Were you shy? Were you an extrovert? Were you popular? Were you unpopular? <laughs> I was definitely an extrovert. Um, I was loud, and I sort of straddled two worlds in high school. I was definitely a drama geek, you know, and I would sing in the hallways. And me and my friend Ariane, my best friend, would run around the halls, like quoting kids in the hall, like running through the ha- halls going like, you stole my pen or whatever, you know, like we would just be weird and sing Les Mis in the lunchroom and all sorts of strangeness. But then I was also a cheerleader oh. and kind of had like, and was friends with the football players and, and wanted to date the cute guy and you know what I mean so I sort of like I'd seen too many John Hughes movies to not want that to be a part of my life you know yeah but I was kind of weird and sometimes the popular kids would look at me like what are you saying or why are you friends with those people and so I definitely kind of straddled the worlds in high school you might be the first person who was a cheerleader really we were competitive we were I mean we were we we, like at nationals like we went we were televised on tv and competed and I fell at nationals and lost it for everybody that was a that was a low yeah it was a low point (laughs) and also I mean that's like a John Hughes movie yeah it is I have the tape tape of it I've showed it it. yes do you put yourself through it every once in a while because I can feel it like I can really get back there and feel it if I want to like I can sense memory that were people angry with you oh yeah I remember this one girl Nicole when we got off stage you know everyone was crying and she was like you bent your leg Danielle you bent your leg and because I bent my leg you have to keep them stiff when you're sort of being thrown in the air and Oh. And I bent my leg, and it was everyone was really not 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 pleased. <laughs> the pressure of ruining it. Yeah, I did. I ruined it. Group. I ruined it. And did it has- that affect you? Did you like like when I was in college? Uh, I was I was up for some sort of theater like award. Uh-huh. I think it was called an Irene Ryan or something like that. An <laughs> Irene that? Ryan award. I'm not sure. <laughs> and I didn't get it, and I it made me really. Like I got really gun shy for some reason. It just really hurt my feelings, and I became really sort of like I don't, I don't. Maybe I don't want to do this anymore. That's how uh, fragile I was then. Yeah. Did you feel? Can, did it scare you into? I don't think that did. I've had other setbacks <laughs> that I want to throw in the towel, not just on a career, but on life. <laughs> um, but no, I think I was. I, I felt terrible, and it definitely scarred me. But I, I think I kind of got back up. You know, I, I, I think. I, I, I had more problems like getting hurt than I did fall. Like when I got hurt, it was harder to get back up. And, and you know, when you fall on your head, yeah, then mm-hmm. you're scared to do it again. But that sort of, no, I, I didn't feel gun shy after that. I just felt like an asshole. It didn't <laughs> ruin your career plan to become a Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> it did though. That it did. I did oh. not move on. But you know, we actually, based on her experience, we came up with, well, she came up, you came up with a movie no, idea. We, we did though. Where, because. where this woman has to like, you know, 15 years ago, she fell and ruined it for everyone, Mm -hmm. nationals. So she's got to get the team together again through some loophole. (laughs) They're allowed to compete again. And so that was 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 an idea based on that. And also drama is kind of based on on the first screenplay we wrote is, is a cheerleader who has to join the drama club. So there you go. So it was before Glee, and we thought we were all like, it was just you know Glee, and then we oh, yeah. wrote it, and then and it didn't get bought, but then Glee came out, and we were like, uh, excuse me, we I did this first, um, so that happened. Yeah. That but, does get a little fun. And so Donna, what about you? Um, I was a little more um, 
shy and a little more I mean I did drama also but I and I when I finally found my group like drama and then I also found the freaks we were called um well you actually were called freaks we were called I mean you know yeah I mean really all it meant was like we wore stripy tights like you know like it was really <laughs> it's amazing in high school maybe one day a crinoline maybe mm-hmm. but um I know pretty crazy you tell me about some really I think you had a lot of um chutzpah in high school because you wore some crazy things and did some crazy things. I wore my hair in, in Pippi Longstocking braids for my 10th grade I picture. I was going to say that everything that you described <laughs> up to that point, which I guess was just stripy tights and a crinoline, made me only imagine the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> I was pretty much trying to be the Wicked Witch of the West. You brought Pippi Longstocking. Pippi yeah. Longstocking. Longstocking. Pippi Longstocking That's into the, it. Um, um, now that makes it di- the stripy stockings make a different kind of sense. To right, you know, well, right, 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 yeah. Nothing makes your legs that. look bigger than stripy t- stockings. Stockings, which no. I remember from having them. <laughs> but they're but so pleasing. I'm sure yeah. that I never would have done that. <laughs> I never would have. Yeah, I was kind of a freak. And so we would we would be... So it gave me permission to be weird. You know, between drama club and my freak friends, I could be weird. And we took a... I think you're thinking of the... We rented a U-Haul for prom. <laughs> Instead of a limo, we came up in a U-Haul. You know, stuff like that. Um, and then also you brought... Oh, yeah. Your my junior prom, I brought an inflatable doll. <laughs> A male inflatable doll dressed in a suit to, as my that's date. That's what I mean. I don't think I would have. I don't think I had that confidence in high school to do to be that weird. You know what I mean? Like to be so str- like we were a little weird, but right. I think that takes confidence. That's that I don't kooky. think I had. That's that was pretty kooky. I was also kooky. wearing a um, costume, uh, a western dress <laughs> <laughs> that I rented from a costume shop for my prom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it is, I guess that. it is confidence. I don't know. I think it was just that I figured, eh, you know, I, I'm not a popular kid anyway. I didn't have anything to lose, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was friends with some of them. By the end, by senior year, everyone's friends with everyone, so it was fine. But I do feel, well, I think, I mean, I'm imagining a lot of people are having the reaction that I'm having. And I, I would say that I straddled the goofiness a little bit. And I'm sure people are tired of hearing me talk about it because there's just me all the time on the podcast. So how many (laughs) stories can I really mine? But um, I definitely liked wearing kooky stuff. I had a Mm -hmm. lot of like weird, and I still do, like polyester house coats that should never make it outside (laughs) the house. But... You know, there. If you like the pattern, and, and when you're in high school, like it, it actually still for me a little bit like shapelessness. I don't really care about something. Right, know, right. And if you hit a thrift and, store, you're yeah. psyched. I mean, I, I had so many fun things from thrift. Stores. I did shop at thrift stores, but just for like used jeans. You know, this was when like flannel was big. You know, mm-hmm. there was kind of that sort of period. So that was kind of cool at the time to shop at the thrift store. Mm-hmm. So my junior and senior of high school, I was definitely. <laughs> You know, they are getting like used jeans. And then one time I did try a kind of a weird shirt. I had seen it like a high fashion magazine. I was like, I'm going to try something. Like I did something (laughs) weird with my shirt and my girlfriend, who, you know, um, was like, what are you doing? And I like changed it. (laughs) Like, you know, I was definitely. It lasted all of one person. Yeah, it lasted all of one person being like, ugh, what are you wearing? And I buckled. You know what helped? I needed to wear glasses, but I didn't. And I'm telling you, well, I wore them on a chain around my, my of neck. Course. Of course. Of course I did. You were like um, the cute old lady. I was an old the lady. old lady coop. But, you know, I, I didn't wear them because I thought I looked, oh, everything okay? Everything okay. I'm not sure. Did the house just fall down? <laughs> yeah. Something, something loud happened I think it in was, the other I room. I have a feeling it was my be. fault. Like, I feel oh, like yeah, it, was it was probably, probably my bag or something. I don't know what it's it was. my fault. It was a ghost. A ghost that wants to make love to us. Come on in, ghosty. 
but not being able to see everyone is my point. <laughs> really? Seriously, you know how when you're on stage and you can't see the audience, yeah. you feel a little more comfortable? I'd walk down the halls in my stupid outfits and I wouldn't care because I couldn't see anybody and what their reactions were. Which also made me shyer because I guess people would say hi and I didn't know. Really? So I think it. I think people thought I was a, like not very friendly. <laughs> Is there a chance your vision was so bad you didn't realize that your date was an inflatable doll, <laughs> or maybe that you didn't realize that you were popular? Like you were married. You might have been. Well, I, I like that version. Um, <laughs> I like I both mean, those ideas. You, I but, mean, no. I and what does that really even mean in high school anymore? I mean, I right. remember when I went to high school. I think that's like a middle school term because by the time I got to high school, there wasn't the in crowd or the out crowd. Yes, there was. It's just that you were in the in crowd, no. so you didn't realize it. Uh. <laughs> no, what I mean was like there wasn't anyone picking on anyone as much. I mean, right. yes, I right. had friends that were gay and didn't know it at the time, and they got picked on. Um, that was probably the one group that you know still got picked on back then, but. As far as like nerds and jock, like it was, everyone just kind of had their crew. Right. And you hung with your crew, but it was. But wasn't, you still made fun of. No, I don't think so. Not to their faces, but you knew that they were kind of lame. Well, just because you didn't want to be friends with right. a certain group or a certain person just meant you were different than them uh, and you're afraid being diplomatic. Of I don't know. I think that's how I feel. Maybe because I, scr- I straddled the weirdos and mm-hmm. the popular ca- like I sort of straddled I am, those two. I am I will say for my high school that I am fairly certain and I and I'm not just speaking for myself I'm fairly certain I'm not just speaking for myself when I say that we really looked our noses down at, at jocks and cheerleaders really I think that being this sort of like yeah. being like a punk and kind of but I even by that. but even by the end of high school when I was just sort of me a closer version of what I am now which was like kind of co- Kind of kooky, still wearing like weird vintage stuff, but not, not really in the goth mode anymore. We still were sort of like there was definitely, I couldn't name most of my high school class, and I couldn't, and I cert, and and I certainly couldn't name any cheerleaders or jocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, well, I, don't, I didn't know them at all. Wow. My class was huge. We were a thousand kids in my class. Just my class. That's a lot. And then, and then yeah. at some point, my junior year, we got the schools got separated, and there were six hundred in my class. But at, when I started high school with a thousand kids just in my class, so it was huge. You didn't definitely were your, know. So everybody. were your class sizes just ridiculous? Was yeah, like they were ridiculous. Yeah, were they were ridiculous. Too. And um, and I do remember though. Yeah, you're right. People did look down on cheerleaders and stuff too. Because I remember one time I got called up. <laughs> leadership like it was a big assembly and it was like the you know the leadership awards or something and I got called up for being a quote-unquote leader and then I heard some like stoner dude <laughs> say as I went to get my award he was like that girl's not a leader she's in my physics class she can't do anything <laughs> <laughs> and I remember laughing because I was like he's right I, <laughs> like I had I've always had a sense of humor about myself as far as like it just you know it's like if you're ever feeling pumped up about yourself like this total stoner dude <laughs> said that about me and I was she like can't she can't do anything <laughs> and it's true like he I was in that class and just didn't know what I was doing I was lost so again what they were, were sitting in judgment <laughs> uh what were your what were your family lives like when you were a teenager um we moved when I we both Danielle and I moved when we were like 13 right mm-hmm. 12 13 so she moved from Atlanta to Florida I'll tell you for you. Those Thank t- you that's a tough age to move yeah. it's a tough age to move and I moved from from Flushing to Long Island but I went from like Queens on like super duper like very diverse Queens to very white 
somewhat very Jewish Long Island. So it was weird. Um, that was when my dad married my stepmom. So at home, there was my step, my dad, and my sister and me, my older sister. So it was, you know, it was not the best. <laughs> was that right before you started high school? Or right, before, that... right before eighth grade. Okay. So it was still junior high. It was middle school. Um, and then ninth grade was high school. It's weird. It's different, different places. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, my stepmom and I didn't get along great. So it was kind of rough stuff at home. How did, did your sister get along with she you? She did better. She did better. I think my stepmom... Um, related to me as in the way that she was kind of an underdog and sort of she felt very left out in school not the way I did but she did and so she decided I was like her and my sister was like the popular girl who she could now be friends with so I think that's what happened that's my that's my pop psychology <laughs> on my I own think stuff probably accurate she yeah. didn't like re-watching her painful maybe not experience. maybe not so she Even I remember she wasn't having it like you were having she, I was having a good time but she would be like I don't know. Both my 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 dad and my stepmom are always like, "You're so lonely. You're so you're so. Why don't you go out? Why don't you invite someone over?" And I was like, "I'm, I do, and I'm fine. You know, I just felt like such a loser, and I wasn't really, but I definitely had my friends. But I don't know. They liked me that way. I guess so. They just saw you a certain way and decided that that was the truth. My dad still to this day will be like. I just wish you had had, uh, you know, more friends who could have played with you. And I'm like, Dad, I'm fine. I was fine. Even now, Donna, I wish you had a friend. I wish you had a best friend, like a good friend. Like a writing partner. Like a writing. I just wish that. No, it really did affect me, though, because I think I still think of myself like, I just don't make friends. (laughs) Well, you know, it's not true. You're impressionable at that age and sort of having an authority figure kind of telling you who you are, even if you know inherently that it's yeah. not accurate so it's got to creep in there does, I think. and what about you Danielle? um i moved to florida when i was in seventh grade um i was actually excited to move because i had come from atlanta where i'd grown up my whole life basically but all my friends at the time decided that they didn't like me anymore you know one of those middle school things that just happens it just girls mm-hmm. and middle school Congrats. it's so lethal i couldn't go back there if you paid me like i I see a middle school girl now and I just want to hold her in my arms and say, um, it's going to get better and <laughs> life will not that much, but a little bit. And, um, but no middle school, I was awful. Like I, I, they, I would come in and my name would be on the board with a cross through it of like, you know, like no, like no cross. Like so it was awful. Crazy. And it's, I'm it's crying, funny. I wish I had, I wish that I had, I, I wish there was someone who would admit to, Having been the person who would the have bully, the, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I have not talked to anyone after people many started committing were. suicide uh, recently. You know, like in the last few years, there's been you know a lot of like su- like that girl in Boston who got harassed and ended up committing suicide. And I wanted to Facebook some of the girls that did that to me and just be like, just know when you're se- feeling bad for this girl right now that you, that you're seeing all over the news, you did that. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that when you feel bad, you did that. I didn't. But you you re, you right. did you did that, and I never Facebooked them. I only found one of them on Facebook anyway. But I I really wanted to. But then I was like, it's, you know, it's just opening yeah, up a can of worms. It's so incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was damaging I, to this yeah. day. Damaging. And I do feel like, I mean, I don't want to say. I, I guess I want to be optimistic mm-hmm. about humanity, and I want to. I don't want to feel like like we're all just Lord of the Flies. You know, uh-huh. if you just put a social group on an island that we would turn on each other or find a scapegoat. <laughs> but I do the the continuity of that through the generations and just in the experiences that the women that I've had on the podcast have talked about 
and my own experience mm-hmm. with that of being bullied, it's just, it's really alarming mm-hmm. that, that that's just part of growing up or whatever. And that somehow a perfectly nice person who might be really nice the next year mm-hmm. right. gets into a group of people and all of a sudden it becomes really important to shun someone. Yeah, and I definitely was shunned. The group and I now understood why. The one thing that it taught me though, like what the good thing I learned from it, or two good things, is to it's okay to sometimes be on your own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like to be comfortable on your own is not the worst thing. Like finding comfort in other things. And then also, I would never do that to another human being. I was very sensitive to that when I moved to Florida and saw it happening to others. I would immediately befriend the girl that that was happening to because it felt too real. Like it felt like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, so I think that mm-hmm. it did, you know, like what if I had become that? I could have, you know, I was obviously... I, I might have been impressionable, and if it hadn't happened to me first, what if I had gone along? Like I'm, you know, I'm happy that I was never that person for I that think reason. That's a great point. No one ever actually. Well, sometimes people mm-hmm. do write to me when I ask them to. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone out there, if if anyone out there listening is, I'm. I, mm-hmm. First of all, you're listening to the podcast, so I know you're an awesome person. <laughs> Um, because you would hate me if you, <laughs> if you, if you, uh, if, if you were a bully, but, but if you went through a period of time in your life where for whatever reason, maybe you were angry about something that was happening at home or some other reason where you felt you found yourself on the, on, on the other side that we're describing mm-hmm. where you were sort of part of shining someone or, or. Um, bullying someone and you're willing to kind of share your story with me, I would love to get your perspective because I truly believe there are really nice people well, out there today. I am going to speak up right you know, now. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding because... She bullies me every day. I do. I believe her. I'm proud of that though, actually. But I am ashamed of um, in college, my freshman year, and I think it was because I finally, you know, second semester clicked with this group of girls in our suite. We really like got along and I was finally like part of a party girl crowd and we went to frat parties and so weird it lasted like five minutes for me but in that time there was one girl who lived in our suite who was a little different from us and we kind of basically pushed her out so that she wouldn't live with us the following year and I think we really really hurt her feelings and I to this day feel bad about that Mm -hmm. I really regret that we ever did that and I recently saw her well what if I did I almost apologized to her recently because I saw her in a mommy group and hadn't seen her since college and I almost said it and then I was like that's gonna be so weird what if she didn't feel like that what if I don't know that you know, and also and, on some level, apologizing maybe helps clear your conscience. You know what I mean? It might like, make it worse. Yeah, for but her? does it make it worse? No, for I her. wanted what her to know happened? that I recognized it right. and that I felt really badly that I went along with it. I you mean, know? Danielle, if you had gotten a Facebook message from one of the girls that you saw, you hadn't reached out to her, but she reached out to you and said, hmm. "I found you, and I just want you to know I that like I feel." Horrible I think about actually it. I might like it because what they did was so scarring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so yeah. that I would like some acknowledgement of that they know that they did it, that they that they feel it and that, you know, they won't let it. If I feel like if you acknowledge it, you probably wouldn't let your kids do something like that. You'd be aware of it. You'd, you'd sort of watch them. I, not all the time, but I think, yeah, I guess I would like it. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, if you're listening, you know who you are. And furthermore, honestly, if, <laughs> yeah. if I did that to someone and you somehow have found this podcast and are listening to it, I mean, I will apologize when someone else bumps into me at the store. So you have got a, an apology coming. I will lose probably five nights of sleep if you reach out to me, but I will sincerely And again, maybe even I did it to someone too, but I tried, especially after it happened, to be very aware mm-hmm. and 
And by the t- and when I moved to Florida, you know, like I, I was just really aware of it. But long story short, I my family was in Florida with me, and I have two sisters, and uh, I'm the youngest of three girls, and my family got along pretty well. Except for in high school, my mother and I really butt heads. Did you feel as the youngest baby that? you got more attention than your sisters or you got less attention? I was louder than my sisters <laughs> and needier than my sisters. So on some level, yes, I was also the performer and sort of like, look at me, you know? So I think I demanded <laughs> more attention. Definitely. Were your sisters like, oh, Danielle? A little bit. Um, really? But- I feel like you were kind of like, the boss of them. I was. You were the youngest. I was the youngest. I was a little bossy. That's true. Like, I was bossy and I sort of told them what to do a bit. Especially but they listened. Yes, I mean, they did listen. Especially the, the middle sister, Abby, and I are really good friends. And, but yeah, I, you know, she always says, like, stop telling me what to do, like, even now. But, you know, I, I, I was bossy to them, still am a little bit. I, you guys, but I'm interested that you both had just sisters and no brothers. And, and I'm always fascinated by any sibling relationship because I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. So, and I, lo- and I love that you guys are friends. I mean, you're very close with your sister, Donna, and you're yes. close with one of your sisters. Mm-hmm. Must be nice. I never wanted it then, mm-hmm. but now as an really? adult, when I see your relationship, I never, as a kid, you didn't want it. it. Wow. Never. That's interesting. I would never you'd want it. There were some days I wanted to be an only child. Is it? A- oh Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It never occurred to me. I'm I'm curious too, uh, only children out there, if you feel like telling me somehow. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people ask me that. They're like, oh, didn't you ever you know, have a sense of something missing or, mm-hmm. or, or yeah. you know, long for it? But it just never even occurred to me it could have been any other way. I think part of it is I have no memories of my parents together. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and then also I had, you know, most of my friends who had siblings just fought like cats and oh, we, dogs with yeah, their siblings. Fought so. I mean, I have scars from Abby's like toenails. <laughs> like, you know, like just sad, creepy fights with yeah. like hands and nails and slaps. It's and true. So gross. It's true. <laughs> like, it's true. Maybe you really only want the sibling as an, as an adult. <laughs> Maybe because, if you could skip the yeah. kid part because we, we fought a ton too. I have. Recently, my friend Jamie Denbo um, came to, no, or like 10 years ago, actually, she came to visit in Florida with my sister and I, and my mother, for some reason, was like, hi, I have this lip liner, which of you wants it? My sister and I got in a knockdown, <laughs> and we were in our early 20s, knockdown, drag out fight over a lip liner that we could have bought at the store, <laughs> like on the bed, like clawing each other and Jamie was like it was like she was watching a you know a science experiment she's like what's going on this is great this is fantastic like she just couldn't believe because she didn't have sisters or brothers and And those family dynamics I mean do you find that I think that's true good and bad that there's Mm -hmm. there's something about the way in which you're known by your family Mm -hmm. that is kind of good and and bad like you Mm -hmm. you regress when you see them. You regress or when I do. you see them. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. You become the person. Like, I think I'm this adult, and the minute I get on the phone with my sisters, like, we just get in fights. Uh, my sister and I fought about Tim Tebow the other day. Neither of us care about football. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't care. So. And so how yeah. were you guys, uh, how did you do with the, the, the gentleman? Uh, in high school, <laughs> the gentleman you had you you probably did all right. No, you didn't. That, I think I got by Both on personality. Two different groups. I tell you, I got by on personality. From. I really 
uh, it was personality and not looks that <laughs> that propelled me to my popular status because I was skinny as all get out, no boobs until senior year, where then they, they popped up, and that seems <laughs> to be important to fellas. And <laughs> not um, anymore, not course. anymore. Yeah, yeah, much they, more mature. Yeah, much more evolved <laughs> now. Um, but uh, but I did not do well. I longed for the, for male attention, but um, I was more of a. Fr- I had girlfriends, and I. I finally dated a little bit my junior senior a guy I was head over heels for and he did not care for me <laughs> but dated me a little bit but fooled not around with you. fooled around with me let's say the real word uh but could you know never enough to like take me out in public per se or um you know or spend money on me were you an extrovert enough uh Danielle that you were able to like make a move and then be told because i feel like i have a lot of a guy a lot of guy Mm. friends who were popular and had a lot of girlfriends and felt comfortable enough in their Mm -hmm. skin to make the effort and then would consistently be told like oh you're just such a great friend you're like my brother and i'm just wondering if there's a girl version of that yeah i mean i think the girl version is a phone call yeah and not like you know putting your mouth on them <laughs> like i think the girl version is like hey i'm just calling to see what's up and you know then being like oh nothing uh, look i gotta go down to dinner you know like I, <laughs> or like i remember i was in a car with a guy i liked like i was so excited he was driving me home because he lived in my neighborhood and he we were like decorating for the pep rally and he was like hey i'll drive you home and i was like yes this is my this is my time and i was like gonna make a move in the car and then we get to the car like i was meeting him at his car and this beautiful girl Kristen, was there and he's like, I'm going to give Kristen a ride, too. Is that cool? And I was like, okay. And so she gets in the front seat. I get in the back seat. He drives her home first. They're flirting the entire time I'm in the back. And then he goes to get her phone number and didn't have a piece of paper. So asked me if I could write <laughs> her phone number on a piece of paper. So I'm basically making their date for them. Oh, that, that hurts. And um, that was a low. That was definitely a low. a low. I liked him so much. And, oh, uh, that hurts. Yeah, that Did was, you have anything like uh, that, Donna? I think we have very similar. I know, really. (laughs) We have very similar, I think, Kerr and I. Yeah. And uh, I was asked out actually when I was a freshman by a senior, and I was so weirded out and freaked out. (laughs) I mean, he was, you know, not like a football player or anything. We were in a play together. Of course. But um, but I was so freaked out that I was like, no, no, fart, fart, burp, what, no. So, and then and then I just would pine after guys I couldn't get in ever. So that it, I think I just was not ready to date until I was like 18, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I definitely hooked up with, with my quote unquote best friend, but I wanted to be his girlfriend and he made out with me in my dark cat pee basement. You know, like there was no hope there and no. I didn't realize it for several years. Um, but um, yeah, so no, I, I didn't really... We're not eligible ladies. Like no. like no one sort kind of... Kind of late bloomers, I yeah, think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I got my period so late Me that like... <laughs> that we both remember, of us. I don't even really remember no. when I got... Oh, I do because there was like... My friends were like... I was I was like, do I have a vagina? Yeah, <laughs> I was afraid I was going to sprout a penis. Yeah, I thought... Yeah, we've talked about It took so long. Oh. We were both like <laughs> I really I really took you seriously for a second. I no. did. I really did. I, I had you read an article. I had to grow we, we saw something. I read an article yes. in like a Cosmo magazine. I and swear. I, and I, I, I think I heard about article. it somewhere. I love um, everything that's happening. Yeah, right now. I read an article because I was like fifteen, almost sixteen. Me I too. Think, and I had read an article in a Cosmo magazine that summer mm-hmm. at sleepaway camp uh, that a girl had had a vagina but didn't have. 
I mean, can I say, like, didn't have, like, an opening. Like, basically had, like, the outer parts, but not the inner, inner. So, like, she didn't have a vagina hole, basically. And I was, like, I literally went into the bathroom with a mirror and was, like, I got to check this See, out. I heard that this girl was, like, 12, 13. What, what is it? Mike always says it. Balls at 12 or something like that. <laughs> basically. You just drop um, balls? Yeah. But I thought I'd, I'd grow a penis. I, I read it somewhere, I swear to God. And it was like, she didn't get her period, she didn't get her period, and then she looked down and there was like a little penis nub. So I was afraid that I was actually a boy and I would have a penis nub. And then we wound up being seen, writing partners. Isn't that later. crazy? Like we both have that so fear. amazed by that. That never... So getting my period must have gotten huge. mine at a normal you age. Did. Like, you did. You did. You would know yeah, it if you did it. <laughs> it would be clear to It you. was so scarring yeah. to all my friends and I just didn't... And I kept waiting and waiting and... Oh, I even I, faked it. I told right. people I had it. Mm-hmm. You know... I think I might have. I think I might have gone as far, and I say I think because I did. (laughs) As to put ketchup on a maxi and show someone, like you know, you're just so so, it's it's so sad. When I think about her, meaning me, I feel sad for her. You know, you needed it. You needed. Who did you think was gonna see that? I think I shut like in the bathroom. I think I was like, oh god, (laughs) I think I put a big show on for a friend. They're like, it smells like. Like ketchup in here. I have a very sweet smelling period menstrual cycle. <laughs> so yeah. again, it was not easy growing up. No, it's really hard when you think about all that stuff. It's yeah. so really hard. hard. I wouldn't go back either. No. I wouldn't go back to high school or junior high at all. Even though I had some fun there. I had fun in high school. Like yeah. I, I definitely Me had too, fun. But I wouldn't go back. Especially with the drama kids. I mean, I'm still friends with mm-hmm. uh, with those people. You know, they still came to my wedding. I'm, I'll go to theirs. You know, like they were hilarious. I feel like my one friend, Aaron, who, you know, was gay at the time and I didn't know it. I feel like he taught me my sense of humor. He was so mean and hilarious and just... God, balls out funny. And and he taught me how to laugh at myself. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I feel I'm grateful for those people in my life. I had so much fun with them. I laughed so hard yeah. with them in their cars and at coffee houses and whatnot. Do you feel like, do you have those same relationships that you carried through um, from college too? And the reason I ask that is because I I I have some very dear friends mm-hmm. uh, from from both of the colleges that I went to. And I don't know if it's because I left and went to a different school, and so I didn't have the, that sort of collegiate experience that I had experienced in high school with with a certain pocket of, or just you know, even just a few friends mm-hmm. that weren't friends with each other that I've kept. But I, for some reason, I don't have as many hard and fast friendships from college mm-hmm. as I do from high school now. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I have that's true for a you. few friends I still talk to. One, I went to her her wedding shower the other day but i wouldn't mm. say we're close anymore i have great feelings of her and you know just memories and i love her but um but no i don't think i'm that i'm close. terrible at keeping in touch in general so i feel like i have a couple of great high school friends and a couple of great college friends and that's about it like one or two when i say a couple mm-hmm. i always wish you had more friends <laughs> <laughs> i've just it's never been good at making friends <laughs> i'm very lonely maybe there's a reason <laughs> when did you two meet um, New York, uh, 1998, I would say. Mm-hmm. We were both just graduated from college and met in a class at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Did you both go to school in New York? I went to NYU. And you- I went to SUNY Geneseo. Hello? 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 Anyone there? Hello? Uh, yeah, it's a state school upstate New York, kind of near Rochester, Buffalo. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, yep. You were both theater majors? Well, I moved yes. back to New York after college into the city. Gosh. A drama major at NYU, which we used to say that in a token. That's how long ago it was. We'll get you on the subway. Um, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. That's what we used to say. It's pretty much just a token. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> really. Exactly. Um, but we met in class. Yeah. And my now husband, who was not at the time, was <laughs> our teacher in that yeah. class. Um, and I always I said this at Donna's uh, wedding thing but uh i was sitting with another friend of ours at the time and we had kind of taken the class before so don i guess you knew who, who we were you had seen us perform you got, they'd been performing for at least a few months before i was even taking classes and yeah. so we were in class and she turns around and looks at us and goes ew the cool kids <laughs> i was like what who is this now, bitch now my version which i told at her <laughs> wedding <laughs> is that i was totally excited and intimidated by them and i actually meant it <laughs> I was not being sarcastic. I was like, ooh, I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. You guys are so cool. You're the seniors. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> um, but we pretty immediately we got know, put on a team together, and then mm-hmm. we started just doing scenes. writing sketch just together and performing I'm just gonna together. I'm going to go ahead and say that based on my knowledge of you, Donna, I believe Donna's story. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Janet. That's sarcastic. I'm not. But you can be a little I bit can be sarcastic. A little sarcastic. Yes, when you I'm can. nervous, you, especially. You get biting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a good way. It's always funny. Yeah. But she has some zing. Uh-oh, like now I'm not sure. Now I'm not sure. And I know that the real reason we're here is for us to settle She's this. She's a very so. good person with a dark sense of humor. That's what I would say. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so she can just, you know zing you when she wants she can zing zing you there's no question about that Um, i'm fascinated by this idea of who was right but i i I heard it the way i heard it (laughs) i said it the way i said um and you guys started and then did you form respecto yes we formed respecto with a bunch of comedians that everyone's probably drop some of those names because oh with rob riggle rob hubel jackie clark paul sheer chad Chad carter Carter. that's everybody yeah who's who some owen burke owen burke yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Owen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people you know we still know and love today. Yeah. And um, but it was yeah, super was, fun time. It was. It was really because we were so young and messy and and UCB had just opened in New York, so we were there all the time. Like we yeah. did every show all the time, and we hung out all the time. Yeah. So it was just this group hanging out, doing shows, being poor, and making horrible, doing horrible stuff on stage, like failing all the time. But it didn't matter because mm-hmm. the, the stakes were so low. Yeah. It's so, so different now, I think. Yeah, but... I would say I would never be put on a team now. No, and that's just not true, but anyway. Because it's hard now. You have to audition, and back then it was like, oh, yeah, my you know. t- I never, I never did any of that. I mean, I guess I went through the program a few years ago just because I felt like I should go through the program, but... Right. I feel like such an old lady when I'm at the UCB well, well, now. Yeah, we are. We, we are. And then, but nobody, no, but, and then nobody knows who I am. And then they're like, oh, you did the UCB. Like, who, like, they sort of want to know who my group of the UCB right. people uh-huh. are. But the closest I have is sort of you guys yeah. are my contemporaries. So then yeah. I'm like, well, like Danielle and Donna and June and uh-huh, a little right. bit later June. And, and they're like, oh. Oh, well, I know who they are, but I definitely don't know who you <laughs> it's are. Like, thank you. I don't know who you are either. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I, appreciate I that. still, when I'm like, when someone like an intern looks at me funny when I come in, I'm like, <laughs> and the truth is, I never perform anymore. I'm never there. Like, there's no reason they should know who I am, but I get so offended. This is my home. <laughs> you were this there is my home. Beginning in New York, really? I mean, yeah. by and large, come on. Yeah. It's only fair. 
I did help paint the walls. You did. The first theater. I always say that. I think I was there. I don't think I actually painted. I I painted some walls. Took some condoms out of the walls and (laughs) disgusting things like that. Well, it was a porn theater basically before it was the first UCB in New York. Was like a strip, but like strip club. That's a nice way of saying it. It was like a ghetto strip bar. Like it was gross. And even afterwards, like Hasidic Jews would come in all the time, like looking for pleasure and not. I always feel bad saying that. And then it's our people, but it happened. Like you're not Hasidic and all. Yeah. I'd like to um, think of myself. But oh, they okay. did. They would come in all the time looking man. for stuff and they would just find like us on stage. <laughs> it was not appealing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it was fun, you know, and, and um, that was a, those were really fun times. Mm-hmm. And- did you guys, this just takes me mm-hmm. back to this, the idea of sexuality as a teenager and thinking about that kind of the, like the dark, seamy underbelly. Did you guys have a sense of that when you were, when you were teenagers, did you have a fascination with it? Did you have a sense of it? Were you totally repulsed by it? Did you, and I don't know what my answer to that is. Right. I think I was very curious about all of it. You know, I think I thought of myself as very horny, even though I never (laughs) wanted to do anything, you know, but I, I was like always thinking about like all my classes. When I think back at my classes, all I remember is like daydreaming and thinking and daydreaming and thinking. And I would daydream all the time about making out with boys. But you know, my view of human sexuality was really sort of, um, or like, you know, female sexuality. I didn't know about the dark, seamy stuff. And I didn't know. Here's something interesting. I always find that I had a really good father. And he's still one of my best friends to this day. He's And he really loves women. You know, like in the sense that he believes they can do anything. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, they're not, men and women are not separate to him. Like he, and so I grew up just thinking that we were all equal. Like there wasn't anything weird and there was no like sort of lookism. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't know about like that sort of male gaze. I just thought we were all kind of people and we all respected each other and we weren't sort of viewed in a sexual way. Yeah, you wanted to make out with someone and have sex with someone, but it wasn't so like one-sided, I guess. Um, in my mind, I just thought, you know, yeah, we're all, we all are kind of here. And then, so I didn't think of it like that. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, oh yeah, I daydreamed, but it wasn't seedy or gross or weird or I didn't feel kind of like sexualized because I didn't know that that existed. Mm. It, I grew up, and also maybe because I developed so late, I wasn't sexualized. So that maybe it's good right. I didn't develop early because I had a real sense of like no shame and kind of, um, and, and also I wasn't, wanted to, the opposite, which is like showing off everything. I didn't feel the need to be sexy or anything like that. Um, and then I got to college and realized that life was a little bit different. <laughs> but, but I don't know if that answers your question. But like, yeah, I, I don't even know what my question was. I do a lot of, <laughs> I do a lot of statements that mm-hmm. I then put a question mark on the end of and expect <laughs> people to answer. So. I am happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, my dad was is also same single dad and was great and made us feel like we could do anything. But at the same time, had like matches. I don't know where he got these matches, but with naked women on the single, matches. Though. My dad was single, single dad though. always like different girlfriends and you know um my grandpa would send him playboys and he said it was from my dad but i don't read them but they were always in a drawer so we would look so i felt like kind of a mix like i can do anything but it'd be cooler if i was a boy because then i could really do anything you know what i mean like like he would he sort of i sort of got that lookism Mm -hmm. stuff not about me i didn't think anybody was looking at me i was very protective of my sister because i thought they were looking at her but which they were but um but i i I don't know it's sort of a weird mix like i i feel strong i can do anything but i don't want to be girly because then i can't do everything you know maybe now now that you're saying that i think maybe because i definitely i didn't know what my answer would have been if, if, if i had asked me but i did 
see a lot of Playboy magazines, and I was really <laughs> on the lookout for that. Yeah, right. I was on the lookout yeah. for sexy stuff. And my me dad too. let me see. My dad let me watch kind of sexy stuff way earlier than he let me watch violent stuff. Like he was he was much more open to the idea of like sex is good, it's healthy, it's that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you watching something that has people and blood and guts and stuff. So I remember seeing Risky Business like way yes. earlier yes. than anyone else. Yes. In my in, in my friend group and 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 I definitely was like my dad fascinated. Showed us, my yeah. dad showed us flash dance way too it's early. Another good one, same. Um, yeah. But he showed it to us because he thought the dancing was so great. My father loved. So cute. Her dad uh, is adorable. He really is. <laughs> he the really best. likes musicals and dance. You know, like he he exposed me early to like West Side Story and all these great things. But he thought flash dance was spectacular. And he once, I, I swear to God, said to me, "I thought the dancing in Showgirls was great." Like he <laughs> thought it was a, a fun movie. Well, I like believe he, him. Yeah. I, I think him. my dad showed me Flashdance because the dance because he, I I know that he showed me that the dance and said like the dancing is spectacular. Yeah, so I think, but that I was... feel like he was also very and and an single dad for me too, uh-huh. um, Donna. But he, uh, I think he was also like. And listen, these women are beautiful. Like, he was pretty... Right. Uh-huh. That's the thing. Like, we'd watch a commercial and he'd be like, well, you guys can have the car if I can have the girl. You know? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. He's, but he's I never Marx felt like I was objectified. No, neither. I never, yeah, I think yeah. I felt the same as you, Don. I feel like there was a separation yeah. between that world and how I saw myself. Totally. Very confusing, though. And I just confusing. didn't know that world really existed. Like, my mm-hmm. dad would say she was the looker, but it would be about, like, Claudette Colbert. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't... It wasn't, you know, some sexy woman on TV. It would be, like, an old-timey black-and-white movie. And yeah. it was there was no sex in that. You know what I mean? It didn't yeah. feel gross. It was just, like... Yeah. She's, you know, my dad's like old timey. <laughs> we watched, we watched all sorts of things. Porkies, we watched. Like, I saw that. Pro- like, we could, well, we could HBO. watch anything and scary movies porkies. too, which no. is why I still hate scary movies. My I watched did, them way too early. My dad did for my sister's thirteenth birthday take us to see Agnes of God, and that was a strange. <laughs> and I remember being like ten and being like, "What is happening?" That's but my sister's birthday. That was a birthday movie. That was wow. a present. And we all, he took the three girls to see Agnes of God. Did Meg Tilly gives a great performance in that movie. Oh, she's fantastic. She's and so, so is Fonda. Fragile. Fonda and Bank- Bancroft are at, at the top of their game. Right. But at 10, I don't know that I appreciate it. I was so confused. Okay. Yeah, my mom took me. My, my mom is interesting because she was, she's Mormon and she was very. It's so it's so funny. She was she was Mormon, and we didn't have a t- uh, the time that uh, that I spent with her. She had partial custody, and so the couple nights a week that I would spend with her, she didn't have a television, and yeah. she had a radio, and she would just listen to NPR. Yet, for some reason, she took me to see both Die Hard and <laughs> RoboCop. Really, <laughs> when I was so young that are, and they're both like, especially RoboCop. I mean, that is like a bloodbath yeah. movie. She just had a weird, it was like her rebellious streak. <laughs> but I love that she included me in yeah. her rebellious streak. Yes, These rated funny. R mo- violent movies that she would just, she was like, we gotta go see. I just want to see it. <laughs> I don't really understand wow. that to this day. I don't really understand wow. that. Her naughty streak. And so when, and living in, in New York, I guess that's what made me think of it, obviously, is you kind of talking about what the theater used to be like. I mean, that feels like, talk about just getting dipped into that world suddenly new york you're just around everybody and everything all the time did you both feel like it kind of you were just immersed in it very quickly or do you do you have were you kind of ready for it by the time you moved to new york the big city life i was 18 because i went to nyu so i didn't 
get like shoved into it on my own. I sort of went in and lived in a dorm. So I sort of had like a protected way into the big city, you know, Mm -hmm. so it was almost like a a slow slide into it because you were sort of protected on some level by this university. Uh, a little bit. I mean, you were still out there and doing crazy things and drinking and we were in clubs. Like, I remember walking down the street at like 18 with like a 40 in my hand, <laughs> which if if the audience knew what I looked like, you would be very surprised. <laughs> and, um, and, and like just walking around drunk in New York City, which is probably... Danielle dangerous. is a midget, FYI, <laughs> for people who don't know. I'm yeah. as big as a 40. Um, but... Uh, you know, so I did some crazy things that probably... And had you done any of that in high school? I drank in high school, but I, I you know, you, I'm in the middle of the city. It's just a different... It's so scary as, it's, a, as a parent. Yeah, you as think a, you'd be terrified. Yeah, like I was doing things that I probably shouldn't have been doing, staying out really late. And like, yeah, if you're in a college town, it's not that you can't... Bad things can't happen in college towns because we all... We, they yes. happen all the time. But in New York, it's just not the people in your college that are going to do the bad things for you. It's just like the city. Mm-hmm. So I did some things that probably weren't smart. But um, What about you, Donna, in high school? Did you experiment with anything? Like that? <laughs> well, I mean, we I guess we smoked a little bit of pot. And otherwise, that was kind of it. Or we'd like get drunk off the wine coolers at yeah. my sister's party. You know, <laughs> like in my room, we would just be in my room. Anything crazy? <laughs> we would sneak out. We'd, doing we'd, whippets? We weren't doing whippets. Sure we were so not cool, I'm telling you. We were like, <laughs> you know, the Pippi Longstocking braid freaks. We were not. You were a good girl. I was pretty good. I mean, but I was, it's funny because I was more the rebel than my sister. Like she didn't do half the things I did until college maybe, you know, but I didn't really do much. So anyway, we'd sneak out once in a while. That's, but, but in, but moving to the city, I lived in Queens with my best friend from college. So I feel like I eased into it too, because I got to like kind of have a little cute place and then be in the city, you know, and I liked it. I liked the city in the Mm -hmm. beginning and then I I got really sick of it by the time I moved out here. I loved it. I loved it. Even when I moved, I, New York, I have this romantic view of New York. I'd always wanted to live there my whole life. I was born there, but I was, you know, moved shortly afterwards. But I, New York City to me was like just the most, it was my dream to move there. And, and so to get to go to college, there was such a dream come true. And, you know, I just, I have a romance with that city. I just think it's such a fantastic city and I miss it. It is a fantastic, but I think growing up there, I, all I wanted was the suburbs. You know, I tried to convince my dad that I could get my homework done so much faster if we lived in a house <laughs> instead of an apartment building because I had to get the elevator and all the walking I had to do. And I could start my homework like at least 10 minutes before and if I we re- lived in a house. And I remember dreaming of living in an apartment. I'm not even kidding you. Like, I just thought it was so great. Yeah. Like the New York City lifestyle to me. The grass is always greener. I guess so. Or the cement's always I cementier. I guess I didn't visit New York. You know what? I had never been to New York City till I was in my 20s. Really? Wow. Um, so, for me, it was San Francisco, but yeah. it's the same. I mean, it's like it's I was a much very safer similar. version. Yeah. But I think I have a I have a romanticized point of view about the entire West Coast. Mm-hmm. I've become such a Sunset Magazine. Like, <laughs> listen, I'm just a West Coaster, guys. I'm just a West really from the top to the bottom. It from wasn't Vancouver until this down. year. It wasn't until this year that I sort of started liking Los Angeles more. Mm-hmm. Not that I. I like my life out here, but that those seem like two very different things to me. Like my life is here. I like my friends here. I like my jobs here. You know, like I love all that. Um, but I didn't, for some reason I just got, when I left New York, I wasn't quite ready. So I just got in the mode that said like, no, I don't like LA. And then in the last year I'm like, oh wait, no, I think I really do. I think I like it here. Hmm, that's so. good. I feel like a lot of people have that relationship to Los Angeles, which is that you you there you love your life and your opportunities and your your heart it has a place here in such a specific way 
but because maybe the industry is so hard, mm-hmm. that's part of it. And because there's so much that the industry reflects back that is frustrating and also... And how it affects human beings, and like and human people beings. you know, people that you like. Yeah. Um, that it's, it's this weird, there's this weird thing where you can be happier than you've ever been in your life. And yet you kind of hold Los Angeles as a place at a distance. Like I'm right. so much happier here mm-hmm. than I was in San Francisco, but I still love San Francisco more. I'm like stubborn about mm-hmm. it as mm-hmm. a location, yeah. as a place, as a, as a way of life somehow. No, I get that. Oh, I think that's yeah. how I, I've been about New York. Yeah. I think. But you don't feel that way. Well, I still don't feel like L.A. is home. Like people ask, like, so you'll be there. Can you see? And my sister was like, can you see yourself being here forever? Will you move? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't think of it as I'll be here forever. But I can't think of one other place where I could have everything I have here that I would like, you know. So yeah. I love I Seattle, but it's so gross in the winter. Yeah. It's just gross. It's hard when it's it, so yeah. depressing. It's so depressing. You can't get out of bed. I used to think I could live in Vancouver full time until I spent part of a winter there shooting something. And then I was just... Yeah. I then think, I got it. Then I was like, oh, this I is... I sometimes no, no, think no. back on Atlanta, just because I had, an, up until, you know, the bad things happened in middle school, I had sort of an idyllic childhood. I lived in this neighborhood, in the suburbs where, you know, everyone, no one locked their doors. Everybody watched out for everybody's kids. Everybody was friends. In fact, I'm still best friends with my my next door neighbor from there. We're still close. Um, so I had this really idyllic youth, you know, really felt safe and... Um, loved and fun and just being a kid going out in the middle of the street and you know riding bikes and and um god i would love to have that for my future children but i i don't know that that exists anymore at the same yeah in the same way but atlanta means that to me so sometimes i, I think, do i like atlanta a lot i've spent a lot of time there oh yeah but you have. the summers are so sticky and yeah so <laughs> hot yeah they are yeah. I had never seen. Uh, we're, we're basically out of time, but I, <laughs> I, but I had never seen fireflies ever in my life yeah. until a few years ago, and um, I was finally in Atlanta at the right time of year, and I didn't know anything. I just don't. I just don't think that way. Yeah. I don't, and so I got in my head that I was going to go to the park to Piedmont Park mm-hmm. and experience the fireflies, and so I started to see flickerings of some of them. I think I was that was when I was like into running, I'm not anymore. <laughs> uh, and I and 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 I saw some flickering down in a ravine at dusk, and so I went down into the ravine and was mm-hmm. standing there and just started watching all these little flickering beautiful firefly lights, and I was so excited, and then I looked down. And my legs were covered in mosquitoes. Ah. Covered. But you just don't think. I just didn't think that way. Yeah. But of course, it was a summer night in Atlanta, and I was standing yeah, in, a, in, a, in like a moldy wow. ravine. And uh, and then I, and then I brushed them. I like freaked out. I'm sure everyone could hear me. I was like, ah! rubbing all the mosquitoes off my legs, and went back to the hotel. And I didn't have a single bite. And I was I was like, what? Wow. This is my superpower. I'm impervious to mosquitoes. And then the next morning, like swollen. My legs actually were swollen from all of the mosquito bites. Yikes. I don't know why. So go to Atlanta, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) To see the magic fireflies. Um, I I don't know. I don't have any kind of way to wrap this up Mm -hmm. because it's been such a joy that I have not had time to plan ahead in my mind. (laughs) of like, And that's how we'll tie everything together. Say something clever about cauliflower. but uh, I, Janet, it's cauliflower. Oh, thank you. Thank you, word girl. <laughs> um, but it's been such a delight having you guys. A that pleasure for us as well. A totes pleasure. Thanks for having um, us. And uh, is there anything, any parting words that you would like to leave for the nice people at home? 
Um, mm. I have my period now, just in case anybody's worried about that. <laughs> no, I don't want to be sprouted a penis. Yes, yeah. Sprouted a penis. <laughs> I have sprouted a penis, but I like it. Yeah. I'm really, I've come to terms with it and I love it. I think that's a bow on it. It's still very feminine. I'm delighted. Yeah. You're still very much a lady in my eyes. Thank you. Um, Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for for tuning in. I wish I had a radio show, so it really could be you had to tune in. (laughs) And bye. As always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 